Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Adoption Adventures. This week we are talking teenagers. So the various training or um, sort of groups that I've been to, lots of conversations I've had with support groups of um, adopters who have had their sort of like families together for quite some time. Lots of comments have been made over the sort of like the past year or so, I've certainly seen it, where people have said that it would be really, really great if there was a training or something available to support adopters um, with teenagers. So I thought that I would do an episode dedicated to our experiences of teenagers. Um, as you know, this um, this podcast, it's going to be my experience, my understanding, I will lean on some of the experiences that I've seen from others, but mostly it's just going to be the experiences that we've we've had. Um, and I'm going to cover as many topics as I possibly can. Um, some I'll go into more detail than others. Um, and there'll be an opportunity, obviously, for you to sort of like drop me a message and ask for more information. Now, I do need to let you know we are talking about teenagers. Um, so I'm going to be covering a vast array of topics. Some of those topics are going to be nice and easy to discuss and to hear about. Some will be quite funny. Um, I'm then going to move into some serious topics. Um, so please be aware this episode may be challenging to have on if you've got young ears listening or around okay um this is my sort of heads up and warning to you to just be a little bit careful um there's also going to be a topic that i cover um that may may indeed have um trigger warnings so i'd just like you to be aware of that now what i'm going to do for the ease of everyone is I'm going to talk about all of the nice and easy, straightforward stuff um, to begin with, and then I'll move on to the sort of tougher topics towards the end. So if you're not ready to hear about those, you're not ready to talk about those, it's absolutely fine. At that point, you can just stop the episode and, and away you go. Here are some of the topics that I'm going to be covering Um I may go off on a couple of tangents along the way, but here are the topics that I intend to discuss. Um, and this is roughly in the order that it's going to be coming out in. Okay. The topics that I'm going to be looking at, mood swings, punishments, contact, identity, social media, social life then we're going to move on to drugs and alcohol then i'm going to be touching on and this is the the trigger warning um discussion um i'm going to be talking um, very lightly talking about suicide and then my last two topics are going to be around sort of sex and relationships and if you have got young people in the in the vicinity, I'll use sort of like gentler language for this one. Um, also, when young people start identifying their own bodies as well. Okay, so there are all the topics that I intend to cover. It may be that I am sort of like I say going off on a tangent or something like that. But they're the sort of like the the main ones that I'm planning on talking about in today's episode. Hopefully there are um, bits that are going to be of interest to you. Hopefully you want to learn a little bit more. Um, if if this is a, an episode that's just a little bit too much, totally get that. So uh, let's crack on straight away, shall we? Let's move into the first one, mood swings. Okay. We've talked a lot um, in the past about um, brain development um, as the brain grows when our young people get older. Um, they're going through a, a whole new phase um, and whole new experiences. Now, 
I remember I spoke uh, probably about a hundred episodes ago um, about sort of some of the different techniques that we'd seen and some of the different challenges that we'd faced with Little Dude. Um, I think what's really, really key here is understanding that when sort of when young people start puberty, their bodies are majorly, majorly changing. Their hormones are going all over the place. Um, they're having all kinds of thoughts, feelings just thrown at them. Um, and they're also trying to kind of learn their way and learn how to adapt and to survive. So it's quite challenging for themselves. What um, what I learned along the way, um, I read it in a book, and I can't remember what the book was, but it was a brain development one. Um, but I learned that um, for teenagers, they can be particularly good at reading facial expressions, but then once they hit the teens, actually their ability to read facial expressions really becomes quite limited. Um, and regardless of the type of comment that we're making or suggestion or recommendation, everything that they hear or the vast majority of what they hear will be seen as nagging or an attack. Um, it will it will definitely not be seen in a positive way. Um, and as a result, what a lot of um, young people will do is instead of kind of reacting appropriately, they're going to fire off and they're going to sort of go straight to rage. Um, and and that can feel really, really challenging. You can feel like you're walking on eggshells. You can feel like you're not entirely sure what is a safe topic, what's a safe route. And that can be really, really quite nerve-wracking and there were times when dad and I found ourselves going well do you know what it's just easier to just not talk about it and we realized very quickly that that's actually not a solution if you bury your head in the sand or if you avoid things all that's going to happen is these things are going to get much worse but these are the times when you have to be very very good with your um, parenting by uh, pace therapeutic parenting approaches and just taking those moments to just reassess how things are going on and also to present really good role modeling behavior so as your young person starts yelling screaming and huffing and puffing and doing full kevin and perry mode at you what you need to be able to do is model really good behavior so as you're seeing that you need to take a step back and i'm saying this I'm talking about perfect world. I do not want you believing that I've always lived in a perfect world. I've messed this up many a time. But in a perfect world, you've got to be able to remove yourself from that stark reaction that you've just had, take a breather, and try to remain calm. Um, not always easy, um, and you won't always succeed, obviously. But if you can remain calm, and you can try and sort of level off and just go, okay, I've presented this with you I'm just going to leave that with you um, doesn't always work um, another sort of idea that that was launched to us was to sort of sit back to back when you're presenting um, a request or something to a young person so as the young person doesn't need to read your facial expressions because they will only see anger instead they can just hear your words and hear your comments now, I know that I've mentioned this before. What we tended to do um, is actually, if Little Dude was having a sort of uh, flare-up of rage or whatever, I would actually find that if I stepped away and started a text conversation with him, it would start very heated. But it wouldn't stay heated for long because he was not listening to any tone of voice and he was able to think before responding and I could do the same. It felt weird to be in sort of like the room next door to him and be texting him um, and having these debates or arguments or whatever. But actually, those were the times when it worked the best. And once things had calmed down, we could then regroup and spend some quality time together. What's key here, and I think 
this is going to be my key message throughout the entire episode, um, is communication. So after the event, once things have calmed down, having the physical conversation, saying, you know, the way that you were speaking to me then, I've really struggled with that. I really didn't like that. And I'm feeling like I can't be honest with you. Having those conversations with their young people is really positive because, again, you're role modelling good behaviour. You're also letting them know what the standard is. Um, but it, it can be it can be challenging. That then moves on to punishment. We still need to be able to punish. We still need to be able to sort of like enforce our rules. And some sort of messaged in and said, you know, what sort of punishments can we put in place that are logical and reasonable? Um, which is a very, very good question. Now, what I would always say is when little dude was young, the the best key for him um, was essentially anything that he loved, you needed to be able to take that away. Um, so during the younger years, and I would say the first few years of senior school, obviously he loved his Xbox, he loved anything digital. Um, so you'd say, okay, right, well, when they're going to be taking your Xbox privileges away for X amount of time, same as always, whatever you say, you've got to stick to. You can't make empty threats. You cannot make empty promises. So if you're going to take that away for three days, understand that there are going to be ramifications in as much as you're going to have a moody team for three days. Stick to your guns. Otherwise, all that they'll learn is you will crack. So they will become the alpha in the punishment situation. As the years went on, and towards the latter years of Little Do being a team, we found that actually his time on the Xbox was becoming less and less and less. Um, and it felt a little bit weird to put punishments in place that you would have done with a little bit of a younger one. So instead what we did essentially is it was more about communication, growing up, and thinking about if you've got a loved one and you need to let them know that they've upset you, let them know, but you don't then add a punishment. <laughs> it's just about having that adult conversation. So it's you've got to work out when you're going to turn into having those adult conversations with adult consequences. Um, usually doing a few extra chores around the house tends to be a winner. <laughs> um Contact. Um, contact and identity, I'll kind of land them together. So, little dude is turning 18 um, in just a week. And contact is something that, you know, is, is always been looked at, as you know, in our family, always, always thinking about, always looking about those things. Um, and this is the time when, sort of like during the teenage years, the, the young person, their identity can go all, all around the houses and, and they, can, they can challenge themselves on so many things and have so many questions. Now, I'm a firm believer because we've been so open with Little Dude, I'm a firm believer that he's had less questions along the way. And it's not to say he's had none, but he's had less because he feels, I, I believe that he feels quite settled with the sort of responses that we're giving and each time that he's sought more information, he knows that we will help him to find that. So I definitely think that that has helped. And I would strongly advise that you do the same. Same again, communication. Keep an open dialogue. Keep that book open and let people, let our young people talk to you about growing up, fears, worries, anxieties, and talk to them about their birth families. Um... As I say, little dude is turning 18, so essentially his contact agreement will be coming to an end. Um, he will get his letter from our post-adoption team um, advising him that he has these this file and that he can access his records and all things like that. 
if this was something that we had been hiding or running away from for so long, this would be a real anxious moment. But instead, because we've been so open, so sort of forthcoming, he knows that that's on its way and isn't particularly bothered because nothing will change. Um, but these are the moments when, like I say, the, the contact team will be sort of like stepping back and they'll be letting him know that he can launch his own version of contact. Now, he knows that we are in sort of um, direct contact with, with his mum and that um, we sort of share emails and he knows that he's going to still have access to that contact. He has told us that he is not interested in forming his own contact um, at this stage. He's he's not looking to do that. But in the same breath, he knows that we are doing that. So he can jump in when he wants to. I think this is, you know, this is a big time for our, our young people during their sort of teen years. They're really, really getting to grips with their identity. And, and that means so much, you know. Where did I come from? Why am I here? What sort of experiences did I have? How does that shape me? What difference does it make? Lots and lots of big, deep questions for our for our young people. And again, we just need to make sure that we're there for them. Become a little bit more astutely aware of any anniversaries, um, because this could be sort of times that really speak to our young people. Um, and, and really sort of get get them in that sort of process of of wanting to know more. Um, so yeah, just having an awareness there and just letting letting them know that they they can sort of speak to you and they can raise anything that they need to raise. Again, I think it's just really, really important to just keep that door as wide open as you possibly can. Um, which then leads on to social media. Um, if you're shutting the doors, if you aren't talking about these things, if you're not communicating, um, same as anything, you know, young people work, will work out and anyone will work out if they feel like you're hiding something. If they think you're hiding something, they're going to assume the worst. So if they think you're hiding something, they're going to assume the worst, they're going to go off and search for themselves. And that's when it gets very, very dangerous. Social media can be a very, very, very dangerous place for anyone. Um, and it's constantly changing, constantly adapting. And with the best will in the world, it's nigh on impossible to keep up with it. Um, I've tried as much as I possibly can, but social media is smarter and quicker than I am. It, it comes up with things and little sort of workarounds that I would just never be aware of. Um, whereas young people, they're learning from one another, so they are much quicker and more efficient with it all. So again, if they're looking for their first families through social media, there's a good chance that they're going to get there quicker than you could. So just keep that in mind. Um, social media as another aspect. Um, look, it's it's a beast that's here. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. It's wonderful in so many ways, but it's vile in so many ways as well. The reason that it's wonderful is there's a large community out there. Um, young people can find find their packs. They can find their their tribes, as it were, um, and just find people that they can connect with. They can also understand a little bit more about their own identity and find other people that feel the same way, act the same way, behave the same way. Um, so that's really wonderful and it can give them a little bit more of a voice. Fantastic. Um, it allows them to connect on different levels. Brilliant. Downside is they're connecting with people and you're going to have no idea who these people are. Um, and we have had so many conversations with Little Dude about being safe online, talking to the right people online, making sure that who you're connected with, you know, you know them. And little dude understood this and he sort of like, he got on board and sort of understood the the deal there. 
but then young people learn that they can explore social media a little bit more and perhaps use it as a dating tool they're too young to go on dating sites so instead they can use social media as dating sites um, and they will end up talking to people whom they don't know and they will be connected to people that they don't know um, this has happened for little dude um, and that's been really quite scary for us because we identified that he was talking to people that he didn't know and he was building relationships with people that were just a digital footprint um, and that was quite scary because we've been talking about it we've been aware of it and we've been really, really good on trying to sort of help him understand it but even with the best one in the world we still let things slip through the gaps um, and we still sort of you know he still explored that and put us in a position whereby he he was talking to people that I didn't want him to talk to and he was talking to people and I didn't realise he was talking to it's going to happen um you need to be able to have those conversations. I think it's the same as a lot of things, you know. Young people have um, invincibility syndromes. They believe that whatever is bad out there, it's okay, it won't hit me, it won't get me. Um, you know, but it does. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's about keeping an awareness of that and understanding that that is something that will happen. Um, I think the the best way to sort of combat that, again, is to just be having a stark, honest conversation with your young people. Talk to them about what's going on. Raise concerns and feel comfortable and confident talking about different topics and talking to strangers online, dating people online, ask them questions, you know, how do you do it? How do you find people? Be curious, be massively, massively curious. They will see that, that you are trying to sort of like dig a bit deeper and explain it to them. Say, yeah, do you know what? It terrifies me. It absolutely terrifies me and I want to know more. I'd like to know more about how, what sort of activity you have online and how you keep yourself safe. Ask the questions, delve into it, dig deeper, um, because you really don't want to be blindsided by, by something like that. Um, but yeah, keep, keep up to date with it. Um, that's then into social life. Um, you know, Little dude has worked really hard to try and sort of build a social life and sort of go out and, and make friends and, and do all things like that. Um, a lot of the friends that he's got at school um, and at college, they have been um, not as willing to go out. They've been more interested in sort of staying at home and sort of enjoying playing on computers and things like that. And that's actually been a frustration for little dude because he's wanted to go out. Um, whereas his cousin she's built a group of friends and they are out very regularly they are at each other's homes probably once a week where they're going to a party they're having some drinks they're getting on they're sort of exploring their sort of social skills that way so little dude has struggled with that and that's been quite difficult because we've watched him want to be a very sociable creature but have limitations on how sociable he can be because people just aren't meeting him there so that's um that's been an interesting one really has been an interesting one um as they start exploring their sort of like their social skills you know you've got to be really really conscientious of their friendship groups and the friendship circles that they're making and keeping um because they're going to start exploring that um and as they do you're then going to look and go well X is a person that I'm absolutely fine with you spending time with. However, Y 
definitely not. I don't like their attitude. I don't like the way they do X, Y, Z. So at that point, you're going to struggle. Um, and, you know, you, I've had those conversations previously about can you select your child's friends? And the real answer is, or the official answer is no. But the real answer is you absolutely will work your socks off to make sure that your, your young person is hanging around with the right people. Again, pay an interest. Get interested in who, who your child is spending time with. Why do they like them? What do they do? Tell me more about them. And a, a real nice win here um, is as they start talking about their friends, Talk to them and say, okay, cool, what's their name? What are their pronouns? How do they identify? If you start talking that sort of way with our young people, it just demonstrates that you've got an awareness of the wider world and that you are trying your best to understand it. Now, some of you may have (laughs) rolled your eyes at that sort of moment and gone, oh, for goodness sake, you know, I, I can't live in this sort of world where I've got to check in on this, this and this. I have found there has been of a great benefit to myself when I ask those questions because I think for little dude what I'm doing is I'm demonstrating that I'm aware life is changing and I'm going to do my best to keep up to date with it. But I'm sorry if I make a mistake. That's again always good role modelling. Um, but yeah, social life can be really, really challenging because you're going to want them to do well, but you're also going to want to keep them quite safe. Um, and you are going to find that they've got sort of friendships that you think, that one's not great, but I've just got to accept it. All right. So you just got to work, work through those. Um, next topic Okay, now we're on to the fun stuff, drugs and alcohol. All right. So, I've spoke to you a couple of times uh, before about sort of little dude and um, when he's gone out drinking. um, And I've spoke about when we've had drinks together as well. From the moment he moved in with us, um, we made sure that alcohol was around and it was in our conversations and it was in our lives. We let him know that there is a safe way to be around alcohol and that is not something to shy away from. Um, and that actually you can have a healthy relationship with alcohol. What we did from this is when he moved in from seven years old, if we were having a wine with dinner, we would offer him a glass. Now, he would very quickly try it and not like it, and that's absolutely fine. But it was always made available for him. Um, and as he got older, he started to appreciate that relationship with alcohol, and he started to find certain alcohol that he did quite like. Now, this wasn't until probably, if I say sort of 13, 14, was when he started to actually develop an interest in being able to have a drink now he would tend to enjoy something like a shandy or something like that something quite low low level but again it would be with ourselves and there were a couple of times when he would sort of have a little drink with us and he would start acting a bit silly and ridiculous and things like that to which you say oh okay well it looks like you're just not in the place where you're able to handle this so we'll make that your last one and then you'll move on to this now at that point he could have been on his first shandy and behaving that way and we're fully aware that he was he was not drunk not tipsy not intoxicated but he was just emanating what he thought that it should look like so we role modeled what good behavior was with monitoring that, keeping safe, 
saying no to the next one, all things like that. But we've just made sure that alcohol has been around and it's been in his life. He has still gone out drinking and he has still done stupid nights of drinking. That's not going to change. But what we've hoped to instill is we've just made it evident that it happens and that it's all right. Um, same with drugs. Had a real open conversation, open dialogue with him about drugs. Told him that any drug that he'd like to learn more about, we will talk to him about. We've not got the personal experience of, but we will help him to learn about the drugs. Um, we explained to him our fears surrounding various drugs. We talked to him when he says, oh, they're doing drug awareness at school. We then ask him to share with us what he's been learning, what his thoughts were, what experiences he's had. Um, you know, he talked about in his particular school, everyone knew where you could go on the school grounds to speak to the particular student that would issue you with drugs. This baffled me. Um and scared the living daylights out of me. But it also wasn't as baffling because you think young people always find a way. Now, little dude has thus far explained to us that he's not found himself interested in sort of um, sort of taking any drugs. Um, he was with a group of friends recently and he'd just um, gone out met up with them trying to form a new friendship and as he got there he'd driven down to see them um, spent some time and one of them uh, started to smoke weed and offered some to, to little dude he said no and they then pushed it two more times um, not massively but did sort of make a few sort of negative comments and little dude said that was when he said you know what I've got quite a drive to get home. I'm just going to leave now. And he just dropped us a message and said, yeah, it just felt uncomfortable. So I just didn't want to be in that environment. That was really great. We praised him massively for that. And we've spoke to him about it since. It's one of those things. If it's something that could come up again and again. Um, and I believe it is something that he will explore and will consider when he goes off to university. Um, and we've just talked to him about how to sort of like manage that as safely as possible. Again, I think it's about making sure that you are communicating. You are not terrified to have these conversations. If you are terrified to have these conversations, then somebody else will have it for you. Um, so that's been, yeah, that one. Now, now we're on to the next tough, tough, tough subjects. Um, so... Quite a while ago, um, I had a situation occur, and at the time, Dad asked me not to talk about it, because we needed to make sure that the dust settled and that we were all okay. Um, about two o'clock in the morning, um, I was woken up by a light waving around in my bedroom. Um, and this woke me up, and as I looked, it was reflecting on my bedroom ceiling. And it took me a while to register, and then I stood up and looked out my bedroom window, and I could see that there was two police officers outside my front door waving a torch to wake us up. Went downstairs. Um, now... This was a terrifying moment. We walked down the stairs, and uh, as as you get there, you open the door. Um, the police say, "You know, is is this the house of Little Dude?" They used his full name. Heart then literally sinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. You know, look, uh, we've actually had a phone call from someone who is concerned about your son's mental health and mental well-being um, and they believe that he has indicated that he is considering self-harm. Um, now, this obviously 
took took the wind out of everything I had, took the wind out of my sails. Um, and they was like, can we come on in? And by this time, there were four of them, all in uniform, all ready to go. And I was like, look, I only saw him a few hours ago. I know that I might be wrong, but actually he seemed okay. He's definitely not going to be okay if four of you come on into my home. That will scare the life out of him. I said, we are not waking him up like that. So instead, we just had two come on in. I then woke little dude up and asked him to come on down. Um, now, the long and the short story. Um, this was after a breakup. Uh, little dude was talking to somebody online. And the conversation, I'll, I won't be able to do it verbatim. But the conversation basically moved from him saying, you know, he was really feeling sad and just felt really rubbish and rotten. And, you know, I think he kind of said, you know, I almost feel like I don't want to be here anymore. Something along those lines. It was a skirted topic or line, but it was still powerful enough. He then switched his phone off to go to bed. This individual that he was talking to then continued to try and reach out to him and talk to him and wasn't getting any responses. So this individual then assumed that his words were a lot more serious. And as a result, they then went into panic mode and they... Um, okay, I paused the recording because there was a knock at the door, as you probably heard. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm going to pick up at the right point. So the, the young person did the right thing. They sounded to be alarmed because, you know, they'd heard a quite a... Quite an extreme sentence and then silence. Um, so they, they got worried. They rung, sort of like they raised the alarm. Um, little dude, we checked in with him and, you know, he he was, he was fine. Um, he said that he felt particularly sad, but he wasn't feeling sort of, he wasn't feeling the need to, sort of self-harm or anything like that but that did then talk, sort of help us to re-raise that topic and really really go hell for leather talking about that and sort of making sure that there was a, a full awareness um obviously the safeguarding officer at the school was contacted at the time so the whole the whole thing's kind of um, blew up um, and in the right way, um, and it just raised some alarm bells. We then raised it with my parents as they were aware, and we just got that conversation moving so as everyone was aware that little dude had just sort of fell particularly down. Um, I think again, um, you know, same as what I said at the start. This is all about communication. We just raised it with him and we let him know, hey, we are here, we are talking. You need to tell us if you're feeling anything. Um, and we've just kept, since then, we've just kept checking in, particularly on moments where you're feeling that he might be particularly low. Um, but I think that, you know, young people do have extreme thoughts. They do have... Um, everything that's a problem just becomes a much bigger problem to them. It, their whole world can implode at the slightest of things. So it becomes bigger and um, harder for them um, to see the wood through the trees. So again, it's checking in, being curious, being aware, and just making sure that you're sort of therapeutically checking in with them and just talking about how it's okay to not be okay. It's okay for things to be rubbish. They're going to be okay. Um, 
there are many many resources if you want to talk more about this i am not a professional in that area but just from a parent's perspective it's something to be aware of um okay on to our last two topics uh sex i talked about this quite a few episodes ago i talked about sex um and having healthy relationships now this has got a whole host of different sort of connotations and contexts there is um you know consent implied consent um you know forced consent um all of these things are massive and major with our young people and we have to help them to understand we have to help them to understand that you know they could have agreed to sort of engage in a sexual activity with someone and they could be in the middle of that activity and they or the other person may decide actually something doesn't feel right i don't want to carry on with this i want to stop and they need to understand that they have the power to be able to say actually i want to stop and they also have to accept that the person with them has the power to do that too and it's about continuous consent um and it's about understanding those relationships can be wonderful they can be fantastic but they also can be terrifying having a conversation with your young people and letting them know all all of the nitty-gritties of life safe sex good sex is all really really important what's important here is to make sure that you are having those conversations and make sure that you are not running away from them just because you feel a little bit prudish or you feel a little bit nervous or perhaps they want to have a conversation and you've got no idea on how to have that conversation go with it go on a learning journey with these young people talk to them about it understand that you are going to screw it up you're going to make mistakes you're going to have a lesson yourself on different things but there are so many different sort of relationships that can be had um, and people are exploring those relationships and they are exploring their sort of physical relationships with others physical relationships with themselves um now what i would do is i would suggest if these are topics that you're struggling with or even if there are conversations you'd like to have but you don't know where to start um a fantastic resource that we've found was the um, education uh, sex education program on netflix um gillian anson um really great show Um, because it talks to you about young people young people's thoughts on sex um, the way to approach sex um, the way to approach relationships it delves into so many topics and it doesn't do it in a real cringy way there are times when you know we watch it as a family and little dude look over and go oh my goodness i can't believe i'm literally watching this for my parents and you go hey it's all right this is not a new topic for us we're absolutely fine very much rip the plaster off have these conversations start talking to them about it because if you avoid it yourself if you kind of go oh you know i really don't want to have this conversation you know i'm really worried that it's going to be embarrassing or something like that if you hide away from that conversation they're still going to be exploring they're still going to be learning they're still going to be searching high and low for that information the problem is they're not going to talk to you instead the best you can hope for is they'll talk to their friends who have not got a foggiest clue about any of this stuff anyway or they'll research online and when they research online they're gonna find themselves in sort of corners of the internet that are going to be teaching definitely the wrong messages about sex and healthy sexual relationships um and ultimately you know when i've spoken to young people um about sex and relationships and they have found themselves online um they've found themselves sort of um sort of on online looking at porn and when they're doing that 
the stuff that they're watching if you're talking about general sort of like um standard porn what you're looking at there is you are watching something where consent is never or hardly ever discussed you are then moving into where every relationship that i've ever seen in porn is very much about the pleasure of the man and nobody else um so that's not really promoting a healthy sexual activity and sexual engagement um and there's also some really um difficult topics and subjects that are sort of addressed in porn um where you talk about sort of the different relationships um you know there's there's a huge sort of um increase in topics whereby they are talking about step brothers step parents and things like that and actually that's moving into some relationships that are not particularly healthy um there's also we were talking to some friends um uh, younger friends than us um and they were talking about how actually certain sort of um relationships they've been in or they've they've started going out and sort of like socializing and dating and they have found in their sort of sexual relationships that choking is becoming a massive thing in um in sexual relationships at the moment some people are liking it some people are really not um but it's come from seeing it and seeing those implications online and if you're not talking about this to your young person somebody else will be and if you're allowing somebody else to talk to your young person about this they're going to be promoting whatever message they want to prom- promote and if you're too nervous to have those conversations you could be setting your young person up for failure you could be setting your young person up to be literally in a relationship where they are being asked to do that sort of act with another person and they don't feel comfortable but they may think that that is what normal sexual relationships are and if if they are thinking that and if they're being told that where do they go and what if they don't feel safe so yeah it's definitely a case of you've got to be the one to have those conversations you've got to be the one to explore those topics and explore those conversations with the young person because if you don't they're going to learn it from somewhere else and they're not going to learn it in a healthy way and that can be really really dangerous um i i saw and it might have just been some clickbait but i saw that there was a particular school that started to delve into those topics in their sex education and there was this huge backlash against the school because um you know how dare the school teach this sort of vile approach to sex and relationships and they're encouraging the conversation around choking and things like that whereas for myself I kind of go well yeah do you know what if this is how relationships are moving and if in if this is something that's happening and young people are exploring if parents aren't going to have those conversations who is um and by having that conversation it's not telling children how to do it or why to do it or it's not encouraging them to do it but it is letting them know that it's something that's happening and if they're not happy with it they need to set those boundaries and they need to set those rules with with their relationships and they need to tell the people that they're with actually this is something that I don't like um you know because i said that we're going to be del- delving into these sort of adult topics i'm going to come 
straight out and sort of say, hey, some of the best sex I've ever had is when I've been honest with the people that I'm with. And I've been able to say what I've liked and what I've not liked. I want young people to be able to have those healthy relationships too. And I want little dude to know that if he's in a relationship, he will only he'll only do the things that he feels safe to do. So I've got to talk to him about the things that are happening that might be a bit weird. Um, and I know that that's a... It can feel weird to talk to, you know, talk to teenagers about this. But like I say, if you don't, somebody else will. Um, and I'd much prefer to be the teacher for for little dude than the internet. Um, then um, I've been asked to to talk about um, sort of masturbation as well. Um, young people, as they sort of as they're sort of going through puberty, they will start to identify and and learn about their body. They will start to explore their own bodies. And that's really healthy. It's really important. It's really important um, as they move into sexual relationships that they've identified what they like, what they don't like. Um, you might also find that you're, you're a young person or you indeed know someone who is asexual and they've explored their body and gone, actually, do you know what? I've got no interest in this whatsoever. Also, all good, all healthy, that's absolutely fine. But they're going to work that out by doing some exploring um you know i had a, a teacher um at secondary school and she was fantastic she she spoke and she said you know explore your body get to know it it's your body you need to know what you like and what you don't like and these are conversations that i had with little dude um and have spoken to him about Feeling comfortable having those conversations and saying, you need to know that it's completely okay for you to explore your own body, get to know your own body, and you're going to find things that you actually really, really like, and that's all good. What we have to do is we have to then move into the conversation of when it's safe and appropriate to do these things. Um, and you need to delve into the topic of, hey, I mean, look, I can only, from this perspective, I can only talk about it from a mm, traditional boy's perspective, okay? Um, <laughs> most boys, if it comes out of their body, they're going to be okay talking about it. And they are talking about it with all of their friends. Okay. <laughs> so that's the, the crassest way that I can delve into that subject. But they're going to be talking about it. And they're going to be talking about it with their friends. And they are going to be having those that sort of, I'm going to call them in, inappropriate conversations, but I don't mean them in an inappropriate way. They're going to be talking about these things. And they're going to be having laughs and giggles. And they're going to be sort of, really delving into that and it's all right i remember i decided to just pull the plug and start talking to little dude about this we were in the car and i was chatting away with him and said you know spending hours upon hours in the shower now dude um you know electric bills are going up um and do you know what mate it's it's great that you want to sort of explore your body. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. But let's have a little conversation about <laughs> communal spaces, shared spaces, and what is okay and what is not. Um, and we then talked about, look, you're you're gonna wanna sort of explore this and that's absolutely fine. 
But you've got to show some respect for the house as well. You've got to show some respect for the people in this house and the people that you share the space with. Um, so you need to make sure that if you are sort of starting to explore your body, that, do you know what? Clean up's your job. <laughs> okay? Um, we would say to little dude, look, if if I'm in your room and you're asking me to pick up your dirty clothes, the answer is absolutely not. Because quite frankly, I don't know where it's been. Okay? We approach these topics and we hit them head on. We had those outrageous conversations. And the first time that you do it, you're going to feel really weird. But when little dude said, oh, you know, I, I shouldn't be having these conversations with my parents, you go, actually, I think you should. I think you should because it really, really helps you to have these conversations with people and know that you are in a safe place and that it is completely okay, it's completely normal. There is nothing wrong with you wanting to do those things. It is not dirty, it's not inappropriate, it's not not okay. It's completely okay and actually really healthy. Um, but what you've got to understand is that there is a time and a place and there is respect. At this point, what we started to say to little dude was, you know, you've got your bedroom door. If your bedroom door is closed, we will knock and we will wait for you to say that it's okay for us to come in. As a retort, we would like you to ex um, give us the exact same, extend us the same privilege. And what we were able to then do is to help him to understand that, yeah, do you know what? We're in an adult relationship. So we might want some privacy too. So you start to sort of, again, role model the best behaviours there. And it's really important. Like I say, it can feel really uncomfortable. So start having these conversations. Put some programs on where sex is explored. Feel okay to do that. Feel safe to do that. Sex education is a great one because it does handle it in a way where you're not going to feel massively cringy. If, however, you think, do you know what? I need to go a lot more extreme. Um, there is one called Big Mouth. It's an animated um, program on Netflix again. It's hilarious, but it's crude. Completely crass, but really delves into some topics. And if you're watching it with a young person, it is... It is absolutely, I would certainly advise you to watch a couple of episodes on your own first so as you understand the lay of the land. But it is going to go there with all of those subjects, all of those conversations. But it does it from both a male and female perspective. Um, and it will talk about masturbation. Have those sort of things on and around and available because that will then encourage some conversations and it will give you some language to start using. <sighs> Sooner or later, you can then turn it into being quite a humorous conversation. Um, I know it can feel weird. I genuinely do. Um, the first time you start doing it, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, this is my young, little, innocent, person i don't want to be having this conversation i get that i understand it completely but again if you don't someone else will okay so they are my hot topics hot tips um and hopefully that's helped um like i say i can only talk from my experiences um so it might be that i've missed some bits out um if that's the case, let me know and I'll, I'll do what I can to, to help you. But I'm hoping that it has helped. So that's from me. Um, 
and that's this week's episode. Uh, quite a lengthy one, but quite a few topics to, to cover, so I'm sure you understand. Um, thank you, as always, for listening, and uh, tune in again next week, where it will be a lot easier topic, I'm sure. <laughs> Bye.